0: You're listening to The Geek Awakens with Mitch, Matt, Tabitha, and Lydia. Hey guys, Mitch here with another edition of The Geek Awakens Presents Artist Alley Spotlight. I am here with Jerry Carita. Uh, Jerry, how are you doing today?
1: I'm doing really well. The name of the podcast is quite a mouthful.
0: <laughs> well, so the Artist Alley Spotlight, it's not something that we normally do. Um, this is just kind of like a, it's almost like a spinoff podcast, but it's not, it's not regular enough for it to be an official spinoff. Gotcha. Okay. All right. Um, so Jerry, tell us a little bit about the Kickstarter for The Grizzly Crew.
1: Um, so The Grizzly Crew is a comic book that I'm writing with my eight-year-old son. Um, he kind of accidentally invented the idea about two years ago. Um, when he walked into my office and just, there's a longer story to, to it that I'll tell you in a little bit, but um, it's about a, a group of uh, pirate bears who, yeah, pirate pirates who are bears, who um, travel, you know, they they sail the seven seas and they protect seaside villages from actually scary evil pirates. So they, they kind of go around Batmaning, you know, kind of striking fear into the hearts of uh, nasty pirates and kind of protecting villages from, you know, being plundered every night. Um, and that's sort of the setup. It's it's um, the setup in the story is it's a bedtime story. So, you know, this village is being attacked by pirates. They're very scary. The kids can't sleep at night. The parents start telling them this story about, you guys don't have to worry. You can sleep tonight. We hired the grizzly crew. We're 100% protected. All good now. Um, and even the kids are like, you know, come on, that's the nonsense. You know, there's no such thing. So that's the setup. And then, you know, so the, the grizzly crew is kind of a story within the story. And then, you know, by the end of it all, you spend a lot of time trying to figure out, are they real? Could they, are they, you know, real? Are they real?
0: And if you guys haven't seen uh, some of these images, not only on Kickstarter, but I think you've got some on your Instagram, which we'll, we'll talk about social medias later. But like the designs for these bears, it's just, it's so amazing. And I just, I, I loved every second of it. <laughs>
1: Yeah, it was a lot of fun making all the characters. And that was kind of what my my little guy, um, his name is Harlan, what Harlan kind of came up with, you know, so he walked into my office one day, and I was working on another comic I I, I write called Cicada Samurai. And so I had all these images of like, um, you know, insects with samurai swords and stuff up on the screen. And um, this was the day that Mid Journey came out, like the day that it was like accessible to people. And so I, like everybody else in the world, was checking it out one time before deciding if it's the end of civilization, if I like it or hate it or whatever. And I don't use it anymore, just to put that out there. But that day he walked into my office and he saw these images and he goes, can we make a Spider-Man monkey? And I was like, no, 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 it's a Spider-Man monkey. And it pooped out a Spider-Man monkey, um, <clears throat> a minion wizard. It made one of those, and then he said a pirate bear. And the thing is, he's afraid of bears. So, you know, he just started staring at this image. And, you know, especially when all those AI things came out, they were very bad with hands and faces. So faces were always like a little bit messed up. So this like deformed silhouette of a gigantic bear with a pirate hat on was on my screen. And he just started staring at it. And he's afraid of bears. So I was like, all right, I'm going to let he's processing this. I'm going to let him deal with that. I'm going to go back to what I'm doing over here. And I started working again, and he just started talking about the bear. And he was like, his name's Captain Grizzly. I was like, what? The bear, Dad. The bear's name is Captain Grizzly. I was like, oh, yeah, that's cool. It's a good name for a bear. That's very good. And I went back to my work again. And he just kept talking. He was like, "It's uh, he's the captain of a pirate ship, and all the pirates are bears. And they go around looking for treasure. And I was like, oh, yeah, pirates love treasure. And he's like, but the treasure, when they find it, it looks like gold. But it's not gold. When you squeeze it, it's wax, and it's filled with honey. And then I and then I stopped what I was doing and I was like, hold on, what are you what are you talking about? And he goes, the pirate bears. It's it's called the Grizzly Crew. That's the story. And I was like, he's writing a story like next to me. He had, didn't know how to spell like his own last name at that time. He was six years old when this started. So, you know, I, we started bouncing ideas back and forth, and we were like, he came up with the idea of a polar bear, and then you know, I was like, well, how would the polar bear get there? And he said, I don't know, but maybe he's like. Polar bears like it cold. Pirates are always where it's hot. So maybe the polar bear is always angry and grumpy and uncomfortable. And I was like, that's hilarious. So grumpy polar bear. And he said, what about a koala bear? And I was like, they're not really bears. They're marsupials. And he said, well, maybe he doesn't know that. And I was like, why are you better at this than I am already? Like that's <laughs> right away. I was like, that's a, that's a brilliant character. Like a little kid who is a koala and thinks he's a bear. Cause someone told him he was a koala bear, you know? Um, and so he joins the crew, the Grizzly crew, in this first story. And so that's that's kind of how it all happened. He just started pitching ideas. We started bouncing them back and forth. And then as soon as I had a bunch of characters like written out, um, I sent them to my buddy Nick Justice, who's the artist on the series. And uh, he, you know, I met him through Blue Juice Comics. He does a book there called Aunt Bonnie, which is actually another pirate story for all ages. And um, he's great. He does a lot of like superhero. I actually have one of his uh, a sketch cover. I had him do. He does all this like really great stuff really cool he's very cool and it's all it's a lot of like it's it to me it just is very like bright and colorful and screams kind of kid friendly so i wanted him to do the book i wanted him to design the characters and you know after a few back and forth we have all these characters now and uh, kind of the creative touchstone for me was cartoons from when i was a kid so i was like watched Tailspin gummy bears you know going back further the the disney robin hood where he's a fox and um you know Jungle book, which is like the precursor to Tailspin, all the same characters. So that's the kind of that's the kind of vibe that the characters have when you started drawing them. Um but yeah, they're gorgeous. They're like absolutely gorgeous. I couldn't be happier with how they look. Um and it just looks like uh an old school Saturday morning cartoon like fell over onto the page. I love it.
0: Grumpy polar bear is my spirit animal.
1: Oh yeah, Grumpy that's- Polar Bear is great like always like oh god especially i'm 43 now i have three kids my like this part of my neck always hurts i don't know why i'm just always like oh yeah mm. like working out a kink like that's him he's like a little older and he's always like working out a kink somewhere you know trying to cool off uh
0: so who uh, tell us about the rest of the creative team on the on this book
1: so harlan and i are the co-creators It's my son um Nick Justice is a comic book artist and, and, you know, you can hire him for commissions and stuff that I worked with. He's the uh, character designer. He does all the interiors and he did one of my covers. And then um, Pablo Verdugo uh, drew one of the other covers. That's actually the one that's currently the campaign um, image. Um, And then another guy named Len Danovich did a cover, which is black and white for the more discerning collector. Um, which I really like because he, he focused more on Rosie, who's the other, they're like, there are co stars in the story. You know, it's about Jimmy, who's the little boy koala that joins the team, and Rosie, who's like a 10 year old black bear, um, that actually doesn't want to be a pirate. She's like the smartest person on the boat. She wants to go to engineering school. She wants to build things and design stuff and, you know, be like a scientist and invent things. And, and she's stuck on this boat because both of her parents are pirates. And so that's kind of the story. So it's the two of them kind of, you know, become fast friends and you know adopt each other as sort of like pseudo siblings and and kind of it becomes them versus them against the world. You know, parents, other grumpy bears, real pirates, scary wolf pirates, things like that. You know, like the world, yeah. like you do, like you do.
0: <laughs> like you do. Uh, so let's start talking about some add-ons for this Kickstarter. Uh, one of the add-ons people can get is you mentioned it earlier, uh, Cicada Samurai Number Zero. Tell us about this book.
1: So cicada samurai is something um, I came up with because of the pandemic because I was sitting home home a lot and I think it was in 2021 in the spring there was um, a, you know a huge brood of cicadas on the eastern seaboard emerged and so it was in the news there were podcasts about it and also because of the pandemic I think everyone do you have kids? I don't No so I think everybody who had has kids like you know some people went the totally opposite direction with this but I think a lot most people, Ended up a little bit more anxious, had a little of anxiety sending their kids out into the world just in general. Then there's just the normal stuff. Like my kids are, my oldest son is 12 now. You know he's doing more and more stuff out of the house without us, and that just is like a lot of anxiety. Where you know your instinct, your instinct is to protect them and kind of keep them sheltered. And so all of that was going through my mind as this, as I became kind of obsessed with these just dumb, decay, these defenseless gigantic flies that just. Pop out of the ground. They've been, you know, like gestating in the dirt for 17 years. Then they emerge. They're gorgeous and weird looking. They make a racket for like three weeks. They mate and then they die. And that's their whole life cycle, you know? And then the new ones dig, like the new eggs hatch, they dig into the ground and the whole cycle starts over again. So I started thinking to myself, like, all this anxiety about my kids. Imagine if I had a billion of them. Imagine if, like, I was the only adult. And instead of three kids, I have a billion children that are all basically teenagers. They've all been around for 17 years, they've led sheltered lives, and now it's prom night, and they're all gonna go out into the world and make terrible decisions. And I, as the only adult, have to keep all of them alive, otherwise, the entire species goes extinct. So that's where the cicada samurai came from. I thought, what if there was one cicada who does not die with every cycle? He's been alive for over a hundred years. And he's imbued with these magical samurai fighting powers and weapons. He's the only one that can defend himself. The other ones are completely defenseless. And his job is to defend them against all these things that try to kill them when during their three weeks above ground. Which is, by the way, tons of things. Like, birds eat them, foxes, like, moles will dig them out of the ground. Um, they're ho- like It's really kind of a horrible three weeks of just trying not to die and trying to mate before you die. And so, to me, that was like prom night. It's like, let's make bad decisions and... You know, let's try to get laid. And then there's this one adult who's like, "All right, guys, like, let's settle down. Let me go. Up, let me go ahead and scout it out and like kill all the birds and stuff first. So that's what, kind of where it all came from. And then I just I poured all those things together into those characters, and um, I got really lucky with artists. I reached out to um, Takashi Okazaki, who do, did Afro Samurai back in the day. Um, That you know, really famous manga that became an anime, and he does a lot of um, he does a lot of video game character design work. He's also, I think, he's currently still doing visions for Star Wars, he does a lot of covers for Marvel books now. He's like amazing, you know, and just I, I reached out to him on Instagram and he replied and he was like, I love cicadas, you know, let's let's do it. And he did my character designs and they were like. You know, it was amazing, you know, every few weeks or months would go like I wouldn't hear from him for a while because he's crazy busy. And then I'd wake up one morning and there would be like new characters in my inbox. And it was like Christmas every morning, every time that happened. Um, he was too busy to do the actual series, though. So I ended up working. I needed to reach out to someone else. And I found Mary Landro, who is like, slightly left of mine, a little bit more anime style, like her, her um, drawing style. But she loves drawing monsters. And I wanted all of the things that the cicada had to fight to feel like kaiju. You know, I wanted it to feel like a raven that's like razor sharp beak and claws and and so she nailed it and there's a thing called a, a cicada killing hornet that is a real thing in the world and everyone I encourage everybody to Google it and how it kills cicadas and what it does because it's a it's a nightmarish thing um, and and it makes a cameo appearance in that in the cicada zero which is a, a 10 page short story um, but it's it's like a horrific scary terrifying cannibal of an insect of a monster um, and I'm super excited about writing more stories with those people in it. So, that's so what thing.
0: are some of the other add-ons that people can get?
1: Most of them are commissions from Nick. So, I wanted to keep Nick as busy as possible. So, if you if you back the campaign at any physical level, you can commission Nick then to do you know any number of of uh, any character you want. You pick a character from my story which would be really nice you can pick Spider-Man you can pick Space Ghost you can pick Batman you can ask for it in you know kind of whatever style you want if you want a more comic booky looking Batman or you want Batman from the you know the 90s animated series you know um and Nick kind of you know he, he he's very talented and he does all those things so if you look at the add-ons on the campaign um you can get any black and white or full color you know full body, image of any character in pop culture that you want keep it pg rated It is a kid's book um and then nick doesn't want to be drawing like huge boobs and then his his own kid walks in and goes what i thought you were doing pirate bears what is this what is this dad you know (laughs) um but you can and and the options are uh, black and white full color five by eight or 11 by 17. so you can get like a really big kind of cool commission so i would encourage anybody who wants to support the campaign and and support an indie artist directly to pick up a copy. You can actually get a physical copy for as little as $10. You know, I didn't do the, I didn't go too high with my um prices like a lot of Kickstarter campaigns, I think, do like I've done on my other campaigns actually. This one I just I was kind of nervous because um I keep hearing all ages books kind of underperform on Kickstarter. And so I wanted to get more people on board. So I brought my prices down a little bit. Um but it, you know if you want to really support the campaign and support an artist like grab a copy of the book and then hire Nick to draw something for your kid or for you or for anybody, you know?
0: Yeah. And especially like, you know, not to, not to downplay anything, but like I have seen some like indie artists where their artwork is just like incredible. It's like, how are you not like making millions doing this? You
1: know? Yeah. Yeah. And that's hard. It's hard. You know, it's a hard, um, there are a lot of artists there are a lot of artists, there's a lot of people, a lot of it is connecting with the right people and a lot of it is who you know and kind of coming up in the right system or, you know, making the right impression on the right person at the right time.
0: So let's talk about some of your other work. Uh, by day, you're a reality TV producer. Uh,
1: what shows have you worked on and what goes into producing reality TV? Um so I, I mean, going way back, I used to direct Wife Slop. Um, I was uh, an executive producer on the first season of Counting Cars. Um, I worked on New York Inc. I worked on Comic Book Men is sort of a big one. That's kind of how I got into comic books, actually. I wasn't really a comic book kid. It happened much later when I was working in television about a comic book store. And so, you know, that kind of that show with Kevin Smith and all of his friends in his comic book shop in New Jersey. Um, that's kind of how I fell in love with the with the medium. Um, that, and that was about 12 years ago. So, um, those are kind of the big ones. I, you know, more recently, um, I did a season of the food to built America on history channel. Um, every one of those projects is like completely different. So like, you know, what goes into it? It depends. Food to built America is a highly scripted project and so you know it's you're re- you're writing screenplays that that are been translated by you know a dozen departments that all have to come together and build a set and have actors and lines that are spoken most of the time you're not doing that most of the time you're you know at someone's business and trying to kind of tell a story about what they do for a living um, and so it's all about getting people comfortable in front of the camera normal people usually comfortable in front of the camera um and and learning to ca- collaborate with your editors and your camera operators and like your other producers and the cast you know it's kind of like you build a little a little team of collaboration and try and try and get her done
0: so as if you weren't busy enough you've also created thorny comics uh what are some of the other books in that line
1: so thorny comics I, I initially did just to do my own books so you know my plan was cicada samurai um, the grizzly crew. And then I have like one or two other things that I'm noodling on that I haven't started yet. I want to go back and do second issues of all those things before I move forward. Um, But I, I expanded. um And now I'm doing a couple of projects that are not my own creation. So there are two books. One, one's live right now alongside my, my grizzly crew. Um It's Scott Snyder presents the cloakroom, which is an anthology series of stories written and or Sometimes drawn, but written and created by people who are in Scott's Our Best Jacket writing class. So he does this writing workshop thing through his Substack. That's like a paid level of support, and um, you know it's great. You, like because you just listen to him talk about craft and kind of learn from these lessons, and you can submit your own stories. And you know for at depending on what level you support the the project at, you can you meet with Scott and he'll give you notes on your script and stuff like that. Like Scott actually read my Cicada Samurai script before I published it. Um, and you know he had some very encouraging things to say, and that's great. And a couple of the other stories that are in the first issue of the Cloakroom, you know, he's kind of like a story editor. He like story guidance on some of those, um, which is great. So he's fantastic. And there's that. And the other one is called Reign of Dracula, which that campaign ended about two months ago now, and we're actually sending our surveys this week. We just finished. We're finishing up lettering now, um, and so we'll be we'll be fulfilling that campaign. That's written by Rich Davis and drawn by Les Linden Garner. And we had like literally 28 covers, but that's reign of Dracula. And those are the ones right now, uh, you know, long-term the the cloak room, the Snyder Snyder project, that'll come back every three months. There'll be, there'll be a new issue with, you know, at least five or six new stories from people in Scott's orbit. You know, those, the kids in the, the, those of us who are in his, um, his students. Um, And that'll be every three months until he doesn't want us to do it anymore, or he stops doing the class or, you know, somehow we all learn to hate comic books. So I think we'll be going for a while.
0: What advice do you have for somebody who's just starting out in the world of comics?
1: I mean, it really depends on what you want to do. Like if you're, if you're an artist, um, I think a lot of people make headway now through dedicated and consistent use of social media. You know, if you're, if you're publishing, if you're posting every day, something that you're drawing, something that you drew, um, and you can engage people that way, you know, and you work on, you work on your craft a lot. You can kind of build a following and then with a following, you know, people will seek you out to hire you to do stuff because you have a fan base that you are bringing along for the ride. So if you're an artist, that's one way to do it. Um, you can kind of do the same thing as a writer. You can consistently provide, you know, stuff into the world until you start to build and develop a fan base, a dedicated following, um, you know, cultivating an email list. If you're going to go to really indie route and do fun through Kickstarter and stuff like that. Um, I don't, I don't, I don't really know how to, know i think like i've seen some people now who start with a kickstarter project they do really well something takes off and then they you know there's a book that i supported a couple months ago called grizz Grobus, which was a really cool like small format book it was kind of like the size of like um uh captain underpants like that kind of a kid's book and it got picked up by image and that was a creator who had just been you know mostly on kickstarter and kind of self-published a lot um and there's a lot of publishers that are on kickstarter now so they're aware of the people on there so if you can kind of build your own little following that way and kind of at least defray the cost of publishing your own books and kind of get your product out in the world that way you know partner up with people find your find your people find your class of people support each other and kind of all come up together Uh, that's what i'm still trying to do i'm I'm only a couple of years into this journey myself so um, i wouldn't say i've made it um you know, still kind of doing this myself and out of pocket for most of it.
0: Uh, do you have anything else that you're working on that you might be
1: able to tease? Um, no, I have like four ideas and I haven't decided which one I'm going to focus on next. So I don't have I don't have another. I mean, I'm writing I'm writing the second issue of um Cicada Samurai right now. And, you know, like I said, the cloakroom will come out every three months and there'll be a part two to Reign of Dracula in a few months as well. But I don't have another thing that I'm writing just yet.
0: Are you going to any cons or anything like that in the near future?
1: <laughs> I haven't started doing that on my own. I started doing that. That's actually how I started doing this. I started working with Blue Juice Comics and going to conventions with them. And we hit the big ones right away. Like my first two conventions where I was tabling were New York Comic Con and MegaCon. Oh, wow. Like, yeah, like huge, huge things. And they were both very expensive undertakings the guys in blue juice a lot of them live down in florida right near orlando so megacon is kind of like their hometown convention um it, you know, when we did new york the first year i did it with them we traveled in a bunch of people so like the artists for billy the kit which is a book they publish came in um the writer came down from where he lives and we put everyone up in hotels for a night and stuff like that so you know um, I think Walt Flanagan came up from New York. He did um, from Tom, Steve, Dave, he did one of my Cicada um, samurai covers and he's one of the stars of comic book men. So he's kind of connected to my whole journey here. Um, so we did a lot of big ones and they're hard. And I, and I said to myself, I kind of I would probably do a couple where I go with Blue Juice Comics and kind of put a few of my books on the table um, before I go there go to one of these big conventions by myself. I might try to hit the one in Brooklyn. There's a Brooklyn comic con in New York that I did last year as blue juice. And I might start bringing my own books to that and see how we do. Uh, So how can people find you online? I am at thorny comics on Instagram uh, and Twitter. I'm I'm more active on Instagram. And then I'm the only thorny comics on Facebook. So facebook.com slash thorny comics. That's me. Um, you can find those online. If you go to my website, thornycomics.com, you usually have it redirecting to whatever my current campaign is. So right now it, it'll bring you to um, the, the Grizzly Crew.
0: Perfect. Uh, so one more time, give us the uh, the info on the Grizzly Crew and its Kickstarter.
1: Uh, it is a, an all-ages story about a group of pirate bears who sail the seas, get themselves into trouble, and protect villages from you know, much scarier pirates than themselves. And how long does the
0: Kickstarter, uh, how long is the Kickstarter up?
1: The Kickstarter ends on, it's actually, I did this by accident. I accidentally cut it short. So it's only a 20 day long campaign. It's over on February 28th. So February 28th on the morning. So I think like, you know, Tuesday, February 27th is really probably the last time anyone will be thinking about it.
0: All right, well, Jerry, Carita, uh, the Grizzly crew, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us. Best of luck with your Kickstarter.
1: Thanks, Mitch. I appreciate it.
0: That's going to do it for this episode of The Geek Awakens. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns, shoot us an email at thegeekawakenspodcast at gmail.com. It would be a shame if you didn't follow us on Facebook and Instagram at the Geek Awakens Podcast or on Twitter at Geek Awakens. Theme music created and produced by E-Cannon Beats. Our logo was designed by Shay McCain. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you next time. We're boldly gone.